It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The top five biggest winners of Viking training camp thus far. We're breaking it all down next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. And I got my guy back, Carol Evans' very own Reggie Wilson with me. So life is good. Hey, Reg, I missed you, man. Hey, man. Great to be back. You know, uh, a week in Vegas at the NABJ and AHJ conferences. And also, more importantly, a week being locked out of Twitter. I am officially back as of today. Rejoice. How good does that feel? Okay, the dream team is back here today. We got a big show lined up because we're breaking down the top five biggest winners from Vikings training camp thus far, plus some twins talkers as they head to the West Coast for a five-game stretch and later putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. All coming up on Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Remember, follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and on Twitter, smash that follow button at Locked On. M-I-N. To football we go. 29 days. We're getting there, Reg, until week one of the NFL season kicks off. That means we're halfway through Viking training camp following last night's practice scrimmage under the lights at TCO. We're going to do a little deep dive on that here later on. But first, I want to take a step back and look at everything we've seen on the field from a big picture lens. So let's get into our top five winners from Viking training camp thus far. Reggie, let's just jump right into it. Starting at number five and working our way down. Who's the fifth biggest winner from camp in your eyes from what you've seen thus far? All right, number five, I got Christian Derisaw. Derisaw, okay. And why would that be? I think he is primed to have uh, a big year. I think they're counting on him to have a big year, and I think he's he's showing, you know, why they invested that first-round pick on him. You know, Ian Rappaport had this report and this is really lofty okay so let's let's not do this to the kid like this but he said that some within the vikings organization believe that they have the next trent williams stop it i mean that's a future hall of famer you're talking about so you know be be careful there but i think from everything that they've seen in camp thus far they think that he has the talent to be that guy. I love it, Reg. You may hear him on my list as we continue to go down as well. Number five for me, Harrison Phillips. When you spend some big money in free agency, there's a lot of pressure to come in and succeed right away. And actually, a Mm -hmm. lot of times, it takes guys a year or two to get acclimated to a new system. Not to mention, you know, these are the things that don't get talked about. The human elements of moving to a new city, moving your family into a new house, new schools for the kids, a new locker room, new teammates and guys next to you on the field. But all signs are pointing. Phillips being an early contributor and having a smooth transition into the Vikings defensive line. And that's huge mm-hmm. because they desperately needed help as they were near the bottom in multiple categories versus the run the last two years. Phillips looks like he'll just be a major contributor next to Dalvin Tomlinson and form a nice one-two punch in this new 3-4 system and give Ed Donatel a good foundation to build off of in the trenches so he can do more things at the second and third levels of his defense. Kind of a boring position sometimes in 
training camp when the pads aren't on, but Phillips seems to make a splash nearly every day and look the part of a big name free agent brought in to help replace Michael Pierce, which I mean, those were big shoes to fill and a lot of people were worried, who are they going to bring in? Just because he was great in Buffalo and he got paid a lot of money doesn't mean it's safe to assume he'll be great here, at least right out the gate. But everything I've seen tells me this was a massive addition to the team. Who's number four on your list? Who you got? Number four, I'm going with Justin Jefferson. Oof. Look, he's he's flashed some plays uh, during training camp, and I, I just think that he has a little bit more, not like a chip on his shoulder, because, like, he doesn't necessarily have to prove, you know, much of anything. Like, the stats and his performance up until this point, the talent that he has has shown that he is a top five receiver in the league, but he is extra motivated to to shed that five part and just keep the top part, the top wide receiver in the league. That's what he wants to be. And I think everything that he's doing, all the work that he's put in leading into training camp is showing at training camp, making some dazzling plays and, and really just kind of trying to take his game to that next level. He's primed for a big year and it shows so far. Yeah, obviously love it. Quick spoiler. I didn't put JJ on this list. I guess I probably should have, but it just seems so obvious to me. Like, obviously, JJ, we know all the hype, the bar. Maybe this was an opportunity I felt just to, you know, shine a light on some other little bit smaller unknown names. Number four for me, Andrew Booth Jr. Now, you asked me after Mm -hmm. the first two or three days of practice, and he might have been number one, but he started to show he's still far from perfect. He's a rookie learning the nuances and the speed of the NFL, as well as learning how to find some balance in his physicality, which at times it gets him into trouble. He's been a little too grabby at times during training camp, something we saw with Mac Alexander coming out of Clemson as well. Still, though, Booth has to be on the list for me. Second round pick looks like a steal early on here and a legitimate chance to crack the starting lineup early in the season. It may not be week one. You may see Cam Dantzler mm-hmm. and Patrick Peterson, but sometime early in the season, I think we're going to see a lot of Andrew Booth Jr., something this team needed in a big way in the secondary. Talent and youth, and Booth has both. So fans very excited about this kid and his potential. And if you watch this film coming out, and what he's done in camp thus far, I think it's easy to see why. Number three on your list, who you got? Number three for me is Daniil Hunter. Ooh, the yeah, dude baby. is, I mean, he looks like an athletic freak out there, which is not hard for him to do. I mean, that's what he always looks like. But he is also motivated and out there just kind of like showing out um as the season approaches because he's primed for a big year if he can stay healthy and I think he has a lot to prove and he's excited too playing alongside uh Zadarius Smith just to kind of form that that pass rushing duo that the league you know takes the league by storm and and what's funny is is he feels like people have forgotten about their front seven, about their pass rush and he wants to wake them up this season so that is a scary thought and everything that he's doing in training camp so far is showing that he's committed to being one of the best in the league this year. Just everybody at home, just praying both those guys, Sidarius <laughs> and Hunter, can just, just – I don't even need 17. Maybe not even – I'm not greedy. Just give me like 14, 15 games from both of them. Love it. Number Man, three for me. Nice. 
Yeah, left tackle Christian Derrissaw. You already mentioned it. Boy, this hype train is just running at full speed right now. You mentioned it. NFL Network comes out. They talk to the coaching staff. They're saying, we're seeing shades of Trent Williams. Remember when we did all those position-by-position position top 10 ESPN rankings? Do you remember where Trent Williams was at the tackle position? Was he? Number he was up. One. Yeah, I was going to say, he was up at the, the top. Like, the dude can, is can the we, dude, man. Yeah, yeah. can we not compare him or say we see shades of, like, you know, this all-world tackle? I just uh, – don't do it yet. Jumping ahead a little bit say too Dwayne soon. Say Dwayne Brown but, or something. I don't know. He, ex exactly, know, yeah. Remember, I mean, he was great um, too, but – Yeah, he was great, but, like, can we not compare him to, like, maybe potentially a Hall of Fame type of a guy? Remember, before camp started – I called out Derisaw for having a lot of pressure coming into this camp saying it just feels like we're all just assuming he's going to come in and show the signs of development, take that big step forward into year two, but he's still got to go out and prove it. Well, early on, thus far, he looks every bit the part of not just a first-round pick, but a franchise left tackle. So, so many questions on the interior part of this Vikings line right now. It's so nice being able to sit here and say you've got your two bookend tackles for the future in Derisaw and O'Neal. Trent Williams, we'll see. But for now, yeah. just seeing that huge step of progression from his rookie year to year two gives you a lot of hope for the future with this kid. Number two on the list, who you got? All right, number two, you're going to laugh. The whole Vikings secondary, like everybody, <laughs> everybody. We've seen plays being made from Lewis Seen, Cam Bynum, uh, Patrick Peterson picking off the pass intended for Justin Jefferson. Like we've seen some play. Andrew Booth Jr. got the first interception of training camp. Like we've seen some guys like make some plays they're really aggressive which is probably like that hallmark right of the ed donatel vic fangio style defense which is what he's bringing to this vikings team they have ball hawks like if you look at some of the the vikings uh no some of the uh the the broncos teams when fangio and donatel were there some of the the bears teams when fangio was there like the san francisco 49ers when Fangio was there, like they have these ball hawks that that really kind of get after it. They're aggressive. And I think that's the type of style that you are going to see them bring over to Minnesota as they kind of establish themselves and, and really try to become a strength of this team. You know, we looked at the depth of that secondary position as a, a position of need going into the draft. And I think coming back now on the other side of the draft, I think that's something that you are excited about. You know, all those guys that I mentioned, I didn't even mention Cam Dantzler. Like, they got some depth there, and they got some guys who are hungry and who are ready to make an impact and make some plays. I didn't even mention Harrison Smith in that number. Like, do you understand how many names I just listed with this defensive back? Uh, unit and now we're talking about heading into the season with them playing more aggressive and them possibly being one of the strengths of this team that is exciting if you're a Vikings fan Reggie's got me ready to run through a wall right now let's go jacked up with that Vikings secondary let's go baby can't argue that I'm gonna steal your bit a little bit here Reggie and go with multiple players from my number two I've got two-part answer with two wide receivers on the list KJ Osborne and Amir Smith-Marset I think if we were playing mm. training camp fantasy football kj osborne would be like the number one player in the league right now as much as jj and thielen have shined that's a given 
KJ's gone step for step with them. Big catches, touchdowns, every practice we're seeing. And he's doing that as the number three wide receiver. All those rumors, mm -hmm. all the indicators were true. We're going to see a ton of 11 personnel and three wide receiver looks this year in this new offense. And KJ looks like a guy who could easily go for 1,000 yards in this offense if things stay on track. Fifth rounder from Miami, virtually invisible his rookie year. He's just gotten better and better at every phase of the game, every season, every week of his career. Ton of excitement and hype for this guy. And I think it's all warranted inside this new offense. And then I had to find a spot and sneak in some Amir Smith-Marset love, who's also had a killer camp with the second team. Clearly the number four receiver right now, etched in stone. You can put that in Sharpie, a big play threat with the speed, the ability to get open downfield. We saw him flash late last season, and now we're seeing how much more polished he looks with a year under his belt. It's a three-wide receiver system, and if anybody were to go down and miss a week or two, I think you'll see him step up and not skip a beat, and that's saying a lot. So I really think the Vikings hit on a couple day three-wide receivers in Osborne and Amir Smith-Marset. All right, Reggie, your number one player from Viking training camp, the biggest winner of the bunch, who you got? And guess what? is not a player my number one winner of vikings training camp so far is kevin o'connell wow how about that it. huh i love Those it two guys. how about it. that huh how about how that? about that you know it, it's it's funny because this is a guy who is taking over first time head coach and he has the enthusiasm in training camp of a guy who's just happy to be here who has relished this opportunity, has been looking for his chance to shine. And he came in, you know, Kwesi said that he came in well-prepared. He's already going over scenarios and scenarios for the scenarios and then the scenarios for those scenarios. If those scenarios don't work out, you know, and he just comes in as this guy that, you know, is cool, calm, and collected well beyond his years, you know. And, and he hasn't coached the game yet. You know, we'll see how things go, you know, when the season starts. But I think it's really exciting for a guy like this, being someone who can produce at a high level, kind of getting the chance to take the keys, crank the car up, and drive on forward to, to his destiny. And I think that's something that he's looking forward to. And just the enthusiasm, like, I don't know. It, like I said, hasn't coached the game yet, but, like, he has, like, the – the polish he looks to have the polish of a guy that's well beyond his years and i think that's something how i you know i've observed how he's handled himself how he's handled the team the team seems to really have taken to him so far in training camp and i think that leads to good things for the future i'm sitting here laughing because i think we're on the same wavelength because my number one winner wasn't a player either my number one winner of viking training camp not a player not a coach how about Mark and Ziggy Wilf and this entire Viking oh, Because, listen, okay. it, it takes it takes guts, Reggie, and an aggressive ownership. Anytime you cut ties with a coach that brought so much success to your franchise like Mike Zimmer did. Hey, eight years in the NFL as a head coach, that's a long time. Who's kidding who? But obviously it was time, given the underachievement those last two seasons and the talent on the roster. But then to go hire a rookie head coach and a first-time GM – that just takes a lot of guts, man. And everything we've seen from this yeah. offseason, the draft, OTAs, 
training camp says they made the right moves and brought in a fresh approach in a league that's always changing and you have to keep up it's a copycat league and you got to be able to keep up in this pass happy league nowadays and be able to win some 40 45 shootouts on any given sunday koc looks like he's got the playbook the scheme the attention to detail all the things you just mentioned to do that and most importantly has completely shifted the vibe the attitude of the players and coaching staff here they're hungry. They're energetic. They're having fun out yeah. here again. Obviously, once the season starts, we'll see how all this translates into wins and losses. But to move on right. and hit the reset button from that stale and stubbornness attitude of the old regime, turn it on its head with a contemporary evolved offense and mindset to get away from that fear-based organization mindset it's just a breath of fresh air man and it all starts at the top so kudos to mark and ziggy for making those tough decisions and i think early signs show it paying off to some degree early on here in 2022 but there you have it our top five winners from training camp thus far vikes get a breather today after that night practice last night training camp resumes tomorrow well, they'll start a stretch of three practices in a row, two of them being in pads before they head to Vegas for their first preseason game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Tell us what you think. Get some healthy mm -hmm. debate going. Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. 29 days until week one of the NFL season. Rest assured, Sam, Ron, Reggie, and I got you covered every step of the way, every day on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Tight on cash, Dave is a banking app that can help you get $500 instantly. Download the Dave app, that's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get $500 instantly. Terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees apply, member FDIC. All right, to baseball we go. Reggie, you and I haven't sat down and chatted Twinkies in over a week. So quick little powwow here after all those trades right. and four game series with the Blue Jays went down. We're not going to get into the blown call Sunday. Bottom line, twin split with the Jays, two games apiece. We've gotten to see Tyler Molle now with Fulmer and Lopez in action. couple things here. Quick observations from the weekend series and knee-jerk reaction from their three new pitchers. And I guess ultimately, my biggest question, kind of throwing a lot on your plate here, but I know it's only been a week since the deadline and all those moves were made. But does it feel like we know just exactly what this Twins team is yet? Like, what's their identity? And from what you've seen, given their schedule coming up and everything else, what do they need to do to string together some real momentum and go win this division? Like, who are they, Reg? Because it still feels like over halfway into the season, we still don't know. We just don't know. Yeah, I think it's funny enough, with only a few months left of this season, I still think it's a little too early to tell. But you know what? they have a tight division race that is going to come down to the wire. And I think we're going to find out exactly what this team is. What's tough when you examine what their identity is, is they've won in different ways. You know, I think earlier this season, we've, we've, uh, we kind of came to the conclusion like, well, maybe they're just a good baseball team, you know, cause they mm -hmm. found ways to win with the hitting. And then they found ways to win with the pitching. But I think over the last maybe month and a half or so, like they've been a little too inconsistent in both regards. And you're just like, well, I don't really know what to think. I do think that, you know, they needed to improve the pitching and they went out and they got Tyler Malley. They went out and got Lopez and got Fulmer. And I think that's something that is exciting. If you're a Twins fan, you're like, look, 
the pitching was a point of weakness and they went out and got some guys. And then you, you know, you, you don't even bring up the fact that, you know, if they make a postseason run, they could, could bring back Kenta Maeda as well. Maybe they even bring him like as a bullpen arm or something like that for this stretch run before, you know, making him a a full-time starter again next season. And then now you got Tyler Malley with another year of control, you know, as Chris Paddock works his way back from Tommy John's surgery. Now you got Malley, you know, kind of filling in in that starter role as well. And so I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting. But they have to put it together. They have to to put some wins together and try to keep the Guardians and the White Sox back. They're like, you know, like that fire. You're, you're like climbing out of a, a fiery, like, something. And you're just like, the fire's just right at your feet. You're, get out, get off me. You know, you just, you know, you're playing hot potato with your feet a little bit. Like, I think that's where they are right now with the Guardians and with the White Sox. It's just like, like, get out of here. Stop, stop it, stop it. It's it, it's hot, ouch. You know, like, they're trying to get out of there um with with the with those teams just kind of nipping at them and i think they got to prove their mettle they got to show what they're about over these next few months because they've made moves like we wanted the twins to be aggressive they were aggressive they went and got you know sunny gray's teammate last year with tyler malley uh, you know that was almost unexpected for me if we're going to be real like i knew they were going to get like some bullpen arms of some sort where i knew they needed to get a bullpen arm or two, and they did that. But then I think getting Tyler Malley was like such a pleasant bonus because, you know, I covered this guy in Cincinnati the last several years. And at his height, he is a guy, like he went 13-6 and last year, like pretty darn good. You know, at his height, he can be a guy that can really make some things happen. He's got good stuff. You know, um, it's funny. I think the, the line was like, how does he fare when he's not, pitching in such a hitter's park like Great American mm. Ballpark was in Cincinnati. And so maybe, you know, he he pitches to contact quite a bit. Maybe this is something that allows him to, to pitch even better. And what a luxury it is for the Twins to have a guy like that down the stretch when you were just kind of, kind of just, you know, making do, you know, bringing up a guy from AAA, sending them back down for a spot start, things like that, like, when you actually have an established starter in this league and Tyler Malley, that's a luxury for you. And I think, you know, when you come out and your top three guys are Ryan, Gray, Malley, like Gray and Malley, I think at this point in their careers are not maybe like your ace, but if Joe Ryan can come through and be the guy that they expect him to be, you know, as your ace, and then you got guys like Gray and Malley right behind him as your top three, like you can do some stuff. And then if those bats wake up and do what they're supposed to do on a night in and night out basis, like that's going to be the challenge for them. Like, hey, we went out and we got what we needed as far as pitching. What are you guys going to do? What's the challenge for you to come out and hit consistently night in and night out? And I think that's going to be what, you know, you ask that question, what is this team's identity? We're going to find out. We're going to find out if they are indeed a good baseball team that can make a push and make the postseason and make some noise and finally win a postseason series for the first time in 1,000 years. 
Yeah, by the time it was all said and done, everybody loved the acquisitions and the moves that they made to go get those three pitching arms. But did they have to wait till the very last second and make a sweat <laughs> like that? Man? Everybody's sitting there looking at the clock going, oh my God, they're really going to do it, aren't they? They're not going to make a move, are they? And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Three great trades that go down without giving up any yeah. of their top five prospects as well, which was huge. Yeah, they win a couple big. They lose a couple big. Mm. They win some games that they're not supposed supposed to rally from behind couple walk-off winners but for every one game of those there was two or three blown leads late in games that they lost as well so they add some pitching help still go two and two against a good team there this weekend against the Blue Jays fans just growing tired of the inconsistencies and lack of real identity I think because they know they got the talent and remember you mentioned it those first two months we just looked at each other after the two months went by. I go, maybe they're just a good ball club, like you said. So mm -hmm. just doesn't feel like many fans have confidence they're going to go out and take it themselves, this division, that is, from what we've seen thus far. Whereas they may end up winning it when it's all said and done, but it's going to feel like they maybe won it by default because it's just such a soft division they play in. Time will tell. And who's kidding who? Still plenty of baseball left to be played. Day off yesterday. Nice, now to the West Coast. Two against the Dodgers, three against the Angels before coming home and playing 13 of their next 16 in the backyard here at Target Field. Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs, stats, news, and info. Bet Online makes betting easy. Go to betonline.net today to learn more. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. All right. The time has come. My favorite segment's here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, CBS Sportsline's latest article ranks the top 25 NFL free agents for the upcoming 2023 offseason. Of the top 25 players, you got big names like Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Derwin James, Roquan Smith, Chicago Bears in the division. Not one Viking was found on the list. What does it mean when it comes to the Vikings' long-term outlook for success and their window for opportunity to string together and build a possible Super Bowl run with their core and foundation intact? Just to give you a quick little rundown, here's their free agents next year, Reggie. Alexander Madison, mm -hmm. uh, love mm -hmm. the guy, but a backup running back on paper. Irv right. Smith Jr., mm -hmm. Patrick Peterson, mm -hmm. Garrett Bradbury, Chandon Sullivan, Jesse Davis. So Irv Smith, Patrick Peterson, Garrett Bradbury, probably your top three biggest names as far as starters go. Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned it last night on CARE 11. You know, when Kwesi talked about this team being in a competitive rebuild, people were like, huh? What does that mean? Right, right, right. Competitive Either you're trying to be competitive or you're rebuilding. Which one is it? It right. can't be both. And I think what he's showing is, is, is this Vikings team defines that. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they are competitive. They, they, you know, brought guys in like Harrison Phillips and Zadarius Smith. And you're just like, oh, okay. So that's how they're doing it. But then you go ahead and draft guys like Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth Jr. And, you know, you got young guys on the roster like KJ Osborne, Amir Smith-Marset, Cam Bynum, you know, uh, Cam Dantzler. I think both can be true at the same time. I do think that they are going to have to be all in on winning this year, obviously. But when you talk about like predicting their, their long-term outlook, I think if they have another strong draft, you know, I, I guess 
another strong draft is kind of weird to say because we have not seen the results of this draft yet. No, but I, I get it though. They, we can glean yeah. something though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do think that they that they made some hits on some guys in this draft this mm-hmm. year that they're expected to make a considerable impact moving forward. But if they hit on the draft next year, and then you talk about them having more young guys to infuse with some of the the pillars of this team, I do think that this can be a team that can just transition through some of the the older players, through some of the old regime into the new regime and still be able to compete at a high level, compete in this division. Because what we've seen is, look, the Bears are probably not going to be much of anything this year. But you do expect them to continue to grow and get better, especially with the young quarterback and Justin Fields, like they're going to compete moving forward. This year, not including. The Lions, they're surging. You know, you don't really know what to expect from them because you don't really know what you're going to get from their quarterback, Jared Goff. But the young talent that they are assembling, like they look like they are building themselves into becoming a bully. The Packers, you don't really know what you're going to get from Jordan Love moving forward. You don't know how much longer you're going to have Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, this year, maybe next year, you know, we feel like maybe that window might be closing on them. They went all in on defense this year because they're trying to go for it and win it all because time is fleeting with uh, Aaron Rodgers. And so you look at what the teams around the division are doing, and then you look at the Vikings and you look at a team that could have success in the coming years in this competitive rebuild. And I think if you're a fan, you're excited about the future. You want to see them maximize this season. But moving forward, I don't think you're really in a panic about what this team could be or or could look like because they have some solid pieces in place. You know, next year's free agents notwithstanding, I think if you you lose some of those guys, you, you feel pretty good about where the team is. You know, earlier today, I mentioned the secondary being one of the winners of of training camp. We did not mention Shandon Sullivan at all, which that's pretty exciting when you think about it, because they brought him in to be a depth piece and to be a guy that can really contribute and help, especially in place of these young guys as they try to, you know, continue to figure things out. Like Andrew Booth Jr. is expected to be a dude. But at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. And so he's going to have his growing pains and some lumps. And so you got some veteran guys in there to kind of help supplement as he learns and grows. And so I think if you're a fan, you're excited because this is something that you can see like the the signs. You can see like the writing on the wall, like, okay, I see what Kwesi's trying to do here. Like this could be a team that could compete long-term moving forward. Hey, just to your point about this draft class looking good already, and I know it's early, let's pump the brakes. Obviously, these guys got to stay healthy, and week one, bullets are going to be flying. I remember when Stephon Diggs came into training camp in 2015 and lit Mm -hmm. that camp on fire. Sometimes you can just (laughs) tell when guys get into camp right away, whether an undrafted Thielen or a fifth rounder like Diggs or a first rounder like a Lewis Seen, you can kind of gather some information pretty quickly and see if their head's spinning and they're lost and they're still months away 
or mm -hmm. if they're picking up the system quickly and they're going to have a smooth transition. Like at the end of the day, we're just playing football. It's the same thing you've yeah. been playing your whole life. Yeah, there's a lot of variables to learn for sure. But so far, Lewis seen already getting reps with the one and looking good to not just force fed, like we'll go in there and just learn on the fly. Like he looks good so far for, again, a first round rookie, Andrew Boot Jr. Lighting up and loading up the highlight reel since the first day of training camp. And Ed Ingram, already getting reps with the one as well. So it looks like mm -hmm. this draft class is pretty solid. And then back to those free agents. Look, if your biggest three free agents are a backup running back, Irv Smith Jr., who's obviously had a hard time staying on the field, Patrick Peterson, mm -hmm. which I think will be 33, maybe 34 next year, and Garrett Bradbury, who you're on the fence about already, that's huge. Imagine being some of these teams that you're going into the season with Tom Brady, your quarterback, Lamar Jackson, your quarterback, not signed up yet. Quentin Nelson supposed to be a free agent next year. Orlando Brown Jr., two of the youngest, best offensive linemen in the league. Derwin James, Roquan Smith. Vikings don't have any big names. So I think Quasey's done a phenomenal job of retaining that core. The Thielen renegotiation, uh, Daniil Hunter's contract, Harrison Smith, keeping that core and foundation intact and not having any big names hit the free agency market, at least not next year. Obviously, JJ's going to have to get paid in the next few years, but I'm just looking at this free agent list and, you know, let's just say Irv doesn't pan out or they can't keep him, they can't afford him. There's a couple of good tight ends, Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, Mike Gusecki from Miami. A lot of these big name free agents usually end up getting re-signed because they're so good, but mm -hmm. there's still plenty of talent to be had here. And I think you're right. Yeah, Quasey did a good job of not only building for the future, but this team should be very competitive for sure right out the gate in 2022. A lot of excitement for sure. All right, that's a wrap today. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikings, and plenty more. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson, and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.